Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Toniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's podcast is Sean Alexander, who is founder and president of Kailani. Thanks for joining us today, Sean. Thank you, Mario. Great to be here. Well, let's uh, start by just uh, having you explain what is Kailani and what do you do? Well, Kailani is a uh, Canada's fastest growing outdoor lifestyle brand. Uh, we started in uh, incorporated at the uh, end of 2019, very end of 2019, and um, was really just a uh, small garage business that I had on the side selling products, specifically paddle boards out of my garage to my friends and neighbors in the New Lake community. And uh, eventually we grew it uh, now to three years, uh, three years last month. And we've gotten into over 100 SKUs related to uh, obviously inflatable paddle boards, hard boards, Roto-molded hard coolers, insulated drinkware, um, and just kind of everything that people use on a daily basis, but with a little bit of a Hawaiian flair. Okay, then. And so, where are you sold? Uh, so right now, we're in well over 200 retailers uh, across the country. Um, we sell online e-commerce, and we also are on Amazon. So um, hmm. those are kind of our three target points. And then uh, we're sold to the business community. Uh, in the corporate branded apparel market. So we've partnered with a lot of um, promotional companies across the country uh, in every province, and they then sell our product branded with various companies' uh, logos on them. So tell me just a little bit about uh, uh, the genesis of this. How did this all come about? Well, uh, as I had mentioned, it's uh, this was really just a side something on the side for me. I moved into a lake community, built a home, had my family there, and I was looking to just make a little extra money on the side of my oil and gas career. I was downtown Calgary for 15 years in the oil and gas sector. Yeah. And this was a side, just a side gig, something fun. Uh, I created a, a, a name being Kailani, it means sea and sky. And I was importing uh, paddle boards from overseas to certain specifications that I had uh, put forth and found a great factory to work with, was importing these products and then selling to my neighbors. And at the end of the day, I realized that um, I'm not gonna get rich selling paddle boards because not everybody wants to be on the water. And what other products could we come up with uh, that the consumer would see value in, especially if we were 25 to 30% less than the re retail price point of the big brand out there that we all are familiar with or the multiple big brands. And so that's really our, our strategy is 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 a is better pricing for the consumer, and on the retail side, we still have great retail partners where they make great margins. So we try to handle everything from cradle to grave here. We do everything from the design, importing, warehousing, distribution, all out of Calgary. So, which is kind of bizarre, right? <laughs> when you think about it, right? Uh, uh, Calgary is not known to be a, a, like a, a water resort type area, and. Uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Of how how, how a business can can do so well in Calgary, uh, uh, despite our lack of water, I guess. Well, I think uh, the Albertan and the um, the discretionary spending that happens here. Um, everybody's very out. A lot of people are very outdoorsy. So we've got uh, you know we're nestled up to the Rocky Mountains, as you're aware. You live here, and um, you know we um, we like being outdoors, family and friends, and we have discretionary spending that can afford some of the luxury lifestyle products. And so um, 
geographically, we're definitely not the center of, of Canada. So from a shipping point of view, it takes a little bit more to get it out east. Um, but we're represented in really every province and uh, selling online. Um, and um, I think we've got a great story of affordability for consumers. Yeah. Now, you're in, in many ways, you're kind of like the uh, the prototype of uh, uh, the, you know, the story of the oil and gas worker laid off but becomes success as an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> we hear that story yeah. quite often. Why do you think uh, uh, some of you guys in the oil patch uh, that move on become successful in, as entrepreneurs? I think, um, you know, I'll attribute this back to actually the last oil and gas company I worked for. Um, they had put their bus entire business development team around the world um, through some very, uh, very solid business planning, because as salespeople and business development managers related to products and services that we would sell to the oil companies to drill a particular well, for instance, um, we've got to understand, you know, the the business side of how much inventory they have to buy, how much do they have to warehouse, how quickly is the cash cycle. So these oil companies sometimes put their salespeople through these, these schools, these, these intense courses, which are really like, you know, one week fast track MBAs on how to understand the business and put a business case together on how can we make in the oil patch. And I just took all of those learnings and applied them to something fun that I was selling out of my garage and um, it happened to be very soon after I actually was put through some of that training. And then I was laid off and I thought, you know what, I can take everything they gave me in the oil patch and yeah. apply it to this and be successful in it if I, if I dot the I's and cross the T's. And that's really what I did. So thank you to the oil and gas company that laid me off in January of 2020, because you really made... You know, you 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 were part of that whole equation of how I was able to launch this quickly. You know what is funny? Your story resonates with me because I was similar, right? Not in the old patch, though. Uh, you know, I was a, a journalist uh, laid off from the Calgary Herald uh, uh, for, for after many many years and uh, on my own now. But uh, you know, when I look back, I think the same way as you did. If I didn't have that experience before me to lay the foundation, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? So I guess it's a mindset, uh, right? Uh, uh, you know, when you look forward uh, as a business owner, like uh, you've got to have the right mindset and uh, and positive uh, attitude to to move on from from the past, I guess. Yeah, well, just like yourself, Mario, you'd been in, in media for 40 plus years. Um, <laughs> you've been professional uh, in the industry and and, you know, from my understanding, I've read a lot of your articles and you've, you learn a lot from probably all the people that you interview and you take everything it's somewhat like, um, I always attribute it. It's like an actor, like an actor, they play so many roles and they research so many roles that, you know, they become very intelligent in ways that, you know, only experience gets you. And so, I mean, my, I always tell people, if you want to be an entrepreneur, try to be solving a problem, solve yeah. someone problem with a product for instance and then that's half the battle if you're solving a real problem um but i also tell anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur the best thing you can do is is try to do everything in life that you possibly can i've i've had a lot of jobs in my life and learned a lot from every single job career position that i've ever had and taken the, the best of those things and applied them to the next job yeah and i think that's founded 
So, um, uh, Sean, you in, uh, in, I think it was November, appeared on Dragon's Den and were successful there. Tell us a little bit about what happened and, uh, and uh, the outcome from that experience. Great, uh, great, great trip. Um, obviously, if you watched the episode, I, I got a little teary-eyed. Um, you know, it was a great experience. It was actually my second trip to Toronto for filming a Dragon's Den. I was on the show in season two, and six, I didn't didn't uh, wasn't successful in in getting an investment from the Dragon Dragons, and I came back to the old patch and went back to work and started focusing on on that career. Um, but going on the Dragon's Den with Kailani was. Uh, First off, making it through twenty five hundred to three thousand people who auditioned across the country is a is a feat in itself. Yeah, um, one hundred and fifty people or so get sent to Ontario for taping, but only about one hundred and twenty, from my understanding, what the producers said, actually make it on the air. So you've got to make it through all of these checks and balances. It's got to be good TV. At the end of the day, it's all about good TV first, and the dragons are there to find opportunities, right, with their own working capital. Yeah, and yeah. so. Uh, we were successful in uh, landing uh, Mr. West Hall on the show with a um, with a deal where he had offered us fifteen, sorry, uh, five hundred thousand dollars for fifteen percent equity in our uh, company, as well as a further operating line to grow our inventory in the U.S. and Canada um, of a total of another five hundred. So you could kind of say it's a million dollar deal. Um, very pleased with how things went. Um, you get picked apart on there, so you got to be willing to. Um, you got to be willing to, you know, it, it can be, you know, you, you might be on camera taping for probably an hour or so or more. And uh, they grill you. You got to come in with your numbers. You got to have a good valuation. Um, you know, sometimes it's better to be conservative on the valuation. And um, if you have your numbers and you've got revenue, revenue is the key, I always say, is, mm-hmm. is if you've got revenue, not just an idea, but you've got revenue and you start to show how you execute it. Um, it's it's really up to them to decide if if you're if you're worth betting on. So that's what it's about. They're betting on you as much as they are on the product. What uh, were you a little nervous going on? I was I wasn't nervous. Um, I would say um, I tell my wife that I I don't like writing down things in, on notes, and I needed to have everything in my head because if you don't know your numbers, um, they're going to catch you. And yeah. so you got to know you got to know your product and your strategy and the plan. And tell them your story, and um, so it was stressful, uh, probably more stressful than most, because I was there for the second time, and this time I needed to come away with a win. And my son was there. <clears throat> As parents, we all want to give our kids, uh, you know, someone to look up to. So he was in the background watching. So that was emotional for me because I knew I knew he was back there. He's you know t- eleven years old now, mm-hmm. and um, to be honest, I just felt honored to be there, but it was overwhelming. Um, because I, at Christmas time, broke my neck in Mexico. Oh, wow. And so I, I could have been, I was in the hospital when I got back. We had to take a, a, a fairly quick emergency flight home. And um, I could have been in a wheelchair standing, sitting there in front of them. So I, I thank my lucky stars that was standing. I have recovered, but uh, very, could have been very tragic. So all of those things, it was emotional. It was, uh, what a good emotion. Yeah. Now I understand, or if I read correctly, uh, you also had some uh, some capital investment prior to this. Correct. I um, when I initially set out doing this, I was just simply taking out Kijiji ads and Facebook Marketplace ads. I would load my trailer up, and every morning I'd have my coffee, and um, I'd be on the road by you know eight thirty nine, 
And those daily ads I was posting with free delivery anywhere in the Calgary area, I had a garage full of coolers. And that was the only way I knew how to market it. So I would just do guerrilla marketing and put up, put up a pop-up tent on a busy street corner um, okay. somewhere at a market on the weekend and just sell them at a, a fairly equitable price point that consumers res- that resonated with consumers. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's really how I got started. <clears throat> it was doing that throughout the summer. And after uh, a couple success, really successful shipments, I called a friend of mine up um, and asked if he'd like to invest because my my lines of credit and credit cards couldn't fulfill potentially this big purchase order that I just uh, received through a large retailer. And so um, he introduced me to a, a couple of businessmen here in Alberta that um, are uh, at the time pseudo retired and uh, had great business acumen. And these guys, um, basically, we sat at the donut mill in Red Deer in Gasoline Alley for a few hours. And um, I pitched them my business plan and projections out three years and what we could do now that we've landed this large retailer. And um, I was asking for a million dollars. And within about two weeks, we closed on that. They gave me the working capital needed. And uh, I then went out and set out and hired the few extra people I needed to really take this and scale this. Yeah. And so... That's where we're at now is, uh, yeah. I guess that's, that's the key, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of people have ideas and, and, uh, want to have, want to be entrepreneurs, et cetera, but, uh, man, it's, it'll be tough, uh, slogging away if you don't have that investment, uh, to give you that boost. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I was lucky enough to, um, like I said, I have a very close friend that was already attached to this investor and, and he knows I grind it out. He knows I'm in the trenches and I'll do whatever it takes to, if I got to wake up at 4 a.m. to make something work and work 15 hour days, I'll do it. So, um, you know, his recommendation and referral to this gentleman that he knew and, and his partner, um, you know, I, I think it just takes a lot of grit. You got to grind it out. Um, nothing, nothing good comes easy. Yeah. And if you're not willing to put in the time, you, you will get part-time results. And so, you know, I needed out of uh, probably a duty of care to my family, I had to make this work because there were no oil patch jobs knocking on my door. We're talking in COVID, the height of COVID 2020, things were shut down. And um, so I either had to make this work and scale it or I didn't have a a livelihood. So that was really out of necessity. You, it sure puts a a fire under your, your backside. What a motivator, isn't it? It is. And just like you, you turned your parlayed your 40 years into Canada's podcast now. And, you know, you do what you got to do. And, and, yeah. but you probably, if you were making the millions of dollars through your previous job and they didn't lay you off, you might have just sat back and just, you know, yeah. well, you I might guess, have just, yeah, I guess sometimes you don't, until you're pushed, you don't know what you're capable of, right? And I and I can say that I I was 15 years in the oil and gas sector, and when you're doing well, but it's maybe not something that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, you you might become a, a nine to five and and show up and you do the work, and but you're just going through the motions. And I've always, since I was young, um, I knew this was again. This was just that happened part of my life that I turned into something. I scaled it, but. I never thought of starting a outdoor lifestyle brand. It wasn't even, but I always did want to have my own company. 
start my own company of some sort where I wasn't working for another, you know, and, and so uh, I was always looking, looking for an opportunity. Yeah. So, um, you know, Sean, when you look at the, uh, the early stages of the, of the business, what do you, and being an entrepreneur, what would you say your, your biggest challenge uh, was? Two biggest challenges. I think, um, you know, understanding the, we, we had two things happen in 2021 and 2022. In late 2021, we had a major high, the Coquihalla, the, the port of Vancouver, the Coquihalla, the highway. We were completely washed out with the flooding that happened there. And that really put a, a, put a real wrinkle in our plans of how much actually things cost to ship. Because yeah. at that same time, the shipping rates went through the roof because you also had around that time the uh, Suez Canal. So container ships, when you're importing, exporting, you rely on those shipping channels. And, you know, at one point we were, you know, for, you know, from a numbers perspective, we were $4,500 USD for a typical 40 foot container to come from overseas into Canada. And it went as high as 25,000 USD for that same container in late 2021 to 2020 and into 2022. So, it changes your business model. You know, you're not making the margins anymore, but we we weren't about to raise the prices on our customers or our retail partners. So we 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 uh we stuck it out and eventually things came back down and, and the roads were repaired in Canada here from the uh the torrential floods that we had. Yeah. Um and so those are probably two of the biggest challenges to overcome at that point, and they hit us around the same time. And you know, um it made us stronger for it because we we then looked at our model and realized, okay, we can still be profitable, still do well, um, but we just got to get through this, right? Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of planning and, and looking forward every, you know, three to six months. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, if, um, if you had somebody, you know, an, say an old friend who's in the work together in the old patch, who's just laid off uh, and wants to start a business, what advice would you give them? Coincidentally, I've actually had quite a few people from the oil patch who are still in the oil patch saying, you know, I like what you did. How did you do? Um, and I, I really say to them, you know, the the product that I, the products that we've developed now, um, you know, we, we're a lower price point, but find something you love. Find something, find a product or a service that you love. You yeah. know, if it's, if you're working in the oil patch, but you love carpentry, how can you get into carpentry in a way where you, maybe you're making your own furniture, you know, maybe locally uh, you're working with your hands. That's something that you love and, um, and, and figure out how to make just enough to where you're happy. And then if it takes off, then you scale it to where maybe you have other carpenters that want to do the same thing and you grow from there. But um, you really got to find something that you love doing each day because then it's not, it's not, uh, it's not as much work. Um, it's, there was a famous quote by Wayne Gretzky, actually. Recently, he had, I'd watched a podcast where he, he's always being asked by moms and dads, you know, how much training did you do to get to where you are when you were a kid? Because they're thinking about little Johnny who's 10 or 11 or 12 or 13. And how much time should he focus? And he says, I never trained. He goes, I just did something that I love. Yeah. And I just played. I just played, played, played. And that's what made him good. So, um, it doesn't, it applies to the same thing in the business world as a business person. Yeah, most definitely. Do something that you love. It won't seem like work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, as you look forward, uh, Sean, uh, what's the plans uh, for the company and growth-wise? Well, we are excited about, um, we've got some a couple of new patented products that we're going to be launching here. I don't mind saying on your podcast, so this will be the first time publicly I'm announcing it, but uh, we have a patent pending on a new collapsible um, pet carrier, which uh, is going to be pretty amazing. So look for that uh, in the new year. Uh, we're looking to launch that in the uh, late spring. And um, yeah, it's going to fit right alongside our our coolers and our colored drinkware. And I mean, everybody loves their pets and your pets are part of your lifestyle. You take them camping, you take them hunting, you take them fishing. And so they're, they're going to get something pretty amazing to sleep in at night. And, um, and it solves a major problem on the shipping, logistics, and handling uh, when they're collapsible. So uh, our retail partners are going to love it. Our, and who, and, you know, their storage uh, managers of where they have to store them and how much they can store. So we've got that coming down the pipe uh, for the new year. We've got some major partnerships we just announced. So we're a national partner with the Canadian Pro Rodeo Association. So uh, working with them and their 1,100 members across the country, their athlete members, and uh, we're going to do some big things in rodeo. Um, so the Western lifestyle and rodeo, we see a synergy between how we are you know, it's a very authentic, uh, true to yourself industry. Um, they they got grit, they grind it out. They're hard workers, and that's what we see our team here at Kailani as. And uh, so happy to be part of the uh, Canadian Pro Rodeo Association, and um, and also branching into golf. So great things happening in the golf world, and we're going to launch. We've got some new products coming down the pipe. Uh, we're more national. Uh, we're a provincial partner with PGA Alberta, okay. and so. Getting into the golf space where we're looking at um, expanding into the U.S. And uh, hopefully we'll be attending um, uh, a show in about a year with the PGA of America down in Orlando and launching our product line down there. When you uh, look at um, the, um, uh, you, you know, the business of being an entrepreneur, the time involved and the energy, et cetera, et cetera, how do you find time to, to do what you want to do and just relax? You know, it's, uh, I'm putting in 10, 12 hour days, most days, um, no longer than most, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, you know, uh, you know, we've all got, a lot of us have children. So you're, you're shuttling them. I feel like an Uber driver after the, after 6 PM and I'm, I'm going to turn into an Uber driver, but I don't get paid. So, uh, yeah, we try to, uh, we spend weekends. I spend weekends with family and obviously late weeknights. Um, but, um, not a lot of time for extracurricular activities. I have only golfed four rounds last year. <laughs> I'd like to go, but you know, we gotta we gotta work, work, work to get that free time down the road. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else you wanted to mention, Sean? Uh, just uh, thank everybody that's uh, been a part of our journey to get here. Um, whether it's our retail partners, you know, distributors, promotional companies that we're working with currently and in the future. Um, it's been great to, uh, work with you and then, yeah, just, you know, happy to be delivering a, a Canadian brand to consumers at a, a price point that's palatable, especially with these tough times. Yeah. A lot of people watch their pennies and, uh, we're going to try to help assist with that where you can still get great things at a, an affordable price point. So thanks again, Mario, for, for having me and, uh, the questions and maybe we'll run into you on the street in Calgary here. 
Oh, I'm sure we will at some point. Thanks very much, Sean. That was uh, Sean Alexander, who is the president and founder of Kailani. I'm Mario Taniguzi, managing editor of Canada's podcast, today with Calgary's podcast. Thanks for joining us.